Hello everyone, welcome to 4630. It's the Christmas special. Late, we've made it through another year. Last year's Christmas special was uh, famous um, for being such a disgrace, I didn't dare upload it. But this year, we're going to do better, because as well as myself and Triassic Tusk, Stephen Marshall, we have our irregular guest, Phil Jupiter. Hello, Phil. Hello. How are we, gentlemen? Are we well? I'm okay. You all right, Stephen? Yes. Did we really not use last year's Christmas special? I just made that <laughs> up. I have no. I don't even know if we made one last year. I just thought maybe if we start the start the podcast with a bit of controversy, <laughs> and people people will be like, "Wow, man, what what are we listening to here, man? This this is gonna be what crazy shit's gonna happen now, you know?" But uh, yeah, I don't I don't remember that happening, to be honest. What are you drinking, Stephen? Um, I'm drinking. Vino Gazetta. We've got two bottles, actually, an orange and a red. So, and uh, I, although my microphone's not working very well, by the end of the podcast it won't matter anyway. Your microphone sounds okay to me. And is your is your record shop still open? Yes. Uh, I I went there the other day and he had a customer. It was delightful. Yep. Record shops open, although I think uh, it's open just now, but I don't know, whenever this goes out it probably won't be, but it's open this week. Okay. I went today and and I stood at the doorway and I whistled and I shouted, Stephen! Stephen! And I couldn't hear you and there was no sign of you at all, so I had to send you a picture of your unguarded stock. And then you t then you got in touch with me and said, "Are you still here?" Was was the unguarded stock in the back of your car, James? <laughs> no, no, because because I'm um, affit at the moment. I wasn't tempted to uh, to uh, take anything home with me. But uh, are you are you still nice. off it? Are you still off it, Phil? Are you still off the booze? Oh dear Lord, no! I'm absolutely tearing through the stuff. Oh no! Yes! Oh no! Don't you dare say yes, <laughs> Stephen. Steve, Stephen is one of the facilitators of my renewed zest. Yeah, well, he gave me um, a he, he gave me a box of beer this morning as well. So. Yeah, he's n nothing if not a colossal fife enabler. <laughs> yeah, I feel I should I feel I should have something this week just so it doesn't become a thing. Not having a drink. You, you did actually say that. Before though, you just said you're very much enjoying not being on it, and you said you felt nicer and more positive for it. But you did say, "I feel I should have a drink at Christmas," and those were your words. So it doesn't become a thing. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, and that's I like the pragmatism there. That's a very that's a solid approach. Thank you. I, I fear waking and regretting it, but we'll we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Waking in a ditch. So, how how are you, Phil? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, university finished before it even started. Um, yeah, I'm done for this semester. Oh boy, was I done. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Interesting experience. And there's a there's a dead seal in front of your house, kind of. There is. There is indeed. Yeah. 
he's I'm fairly sure he slash she, the late sealing question, is still there. He's managed to remain in place for about five tides now. I've um located an agency in Scotland who I, I sent an email to. Um in fact I can I can let people know who they are just in case they have a similarly uh um, you, you can email uh, the Strandings people. Um, who are they? They're strandings at siuc.ac.uk. And uh, you have to send them a stranding report. And the stranding report has to have a photograph of the dead animal in question, um, its length, um, what condition it's in, uh, and um, contact details. That's for me, not for the dead Oh. And you have to say what what make it is. You have to let them know what it is. I've no idea what it was. I said it's a seal, mate, <laughs> and it's near my house. I mean, I don't know what I can tell you. Um, yeah, and none of none of so, none of the locals have made an effort to tidy it up or burn it or anything like that. No, no, I don't. I don't feel. I mean, it's it's as I say. I mean, it's it's about thirty six inches long. It's fairly robust. Putting it in putting it in dog equivalents. Imagine a large Labrador with no legs, and that's what you're looking at. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's it must be quite hefty. I mean, I haven't tried picking it up. I'm not that kind of weirdo, but um, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? As I said, I've started drinking again. Anything can happen. <laughs> oh, shall we? Shall we play a song? Shall we play? This is a funny thing because we're supposed to have six songs each to play today, but Phil has sent me three different selections, and Stephen sent me seventeen songs. <laughs> I, I thought I thought Stephen's effort was fantastic, and mine was massively patchy because I sent you a solid six. You did, and send, then I just changed yeah. my I just changed my mind a lot. Yeah, that's okay. I just, it, and it's because what it is is that in listening to the first six, I haven't listened to Christmas records in a very long time, and so I started delving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Stephen, did you find yourself delving, or did you, right off the bat, know you're just like a hurricane of music, aren't you? I was going to try and sum up the my the records that I'd listened to most through the year, um, and then I got distracted by there were loads of records I wanted to play. And so there were new things and old things, and I like to try and get some kind of balance between new and old. Uh, so I, I've I've whittled, uh, I've whittled just earlier while when we got on the phone, the phone. So we've got I've got six now. Oh, cool. Well, do you want to choose? One? I mean, the the fabulous thing for the listeners to this show is what happens is 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 I'm contacted and they say, "Would you like to do the podcast?" And I go, "Yeah, sure." And they say, "We're going to be doing it at half eleven at night because uh, <laughs> we've got feral children and we have to capture them using sweets and a net, and that takes some time, and so we won't really be able to record until far too late." And then you, I mean, it's not like you'll have been up since five in the morning Christmas shopping or anything, and um. And they say, it's a Christmas special, okay. And so I, like a f- fucking idiot, have picked six Christmas songs. And you two, pair of pricks, not nothing, just our music we like. I feel like a fucking idiot. Anyway, so it's the Christmas special, and my job, being a fat bloke with a beard, and there's only two on this podcast, so the guess is yours, um... um 
uh, yeah, I'm the, if it's a Christmas record, Jupiter's brought in. That's the rule well, of thumb. It's for the funny show. because um, when I saw your six, I thought, ah, oh, it's a Christmas special. I should have got some Christmas songs. And uh, well, the thought didn't stay in my head that long. So, what? I mean, the very idea that you thought of another category of music to leap into after the 17 you've already given James when you were asked for six. And what I quite like is that when we try and narrow things down, you just provide even more. You're like a reverse kind of maths machine. It's like, Stephen, we need six records. Here are 17. Oh, it's a Christmas special. Here's another 50 Christmas records I fucking like. Oh dear! And the funny thing is, it's half eleven. Well, I'm going to start off then, okay? Since since I've asked both of you once, and you and you uh, and you churned through it, um, I'm going to play a Christmas song. This is a Gypsy Carol recorded by May Bradley, and it's uh, I sang a version of it back in 2005 called "In Desertshire As It Befell," but this is the as it was originally titled. It's called "On Christmas Day." On Christmas Day it happened so Down in those meadows far to plough As he were ploughing all on so fast Up came sweet Jesus, himself at last Oh man, oh man, what makes thou plough? So hard upon our Lord that day The farmer answered Deal with great speed For to plough this day I have got need Now his arms did quiver to and through His arms did quiver He could not plough For the ground did open And loosen in Before he could Repent of sin His wife and children's out of place His beast and cattle they're almost lost His beast and cattle they die away For plowing none all Christmas Day Now these beasts and cattle They die away For plowing on Our Lord's birthday Yeah, we got a cool with that job. I'm hip. Add a little soul to this white Christmas. I can dig it, Bob. Get a little fun. Right on, brother. Come on, Rudolph, hitch up that sleigh. We're going to fly down and have ourselves a disco Christmas. Disco Christmas, we're going to have a disco Christmas. 
That was brilliant, Stephen. That was the Amor. What was that? Um, Amor? It's a, a collaboration between two bands, uh, Amor yeah. and Lemur. Amor are uh, a guy, Richard Young's, um, uh, who sounds a bit like Arthur Russell when he sings, and yeah, Luke yeah. Fowler. It's, it's very talk. It's what, sorry? Sorry, I interrupted <laughs> you, which was very rude of me. I was gonna say it was. It, sound, it reminded me of Talk Talk and the Blue Nile. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just. I'm. Um, I'm trying to because sp- I know you can't hear me very well, so I'm speaking in between. I'm looking at the screen, and I'm trying to watch when either of you speak, and then waiting, and pouncing like that. Um. Yeah. So uh, the reason I want to play that was because. This year is 2020, and at the beginning of 2020, before everything went wrong, I um, that was the last time that I DJ'd at the Amor Lemur show in Glasgow, where they they got together and recorded for a few days, and they recorded. Oh, the so album. they're a, they're a current they're a current band. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 of current. Of course, of course. So when did that album come out? Uh, it's just I'm not even sure if it's out. It might not be out. I think it might be. That's I think it right. might be coming out in January. Oh well, informative <laughs> as ever. Forty six thirty. And and Phil, what was what was the what was that disco thing um, you played? It was yeah. Is uh, that's the Universal Robot Band, who I'd never heard of. What I quite like about um, coming on the podcast is it just makes me look for stuff I'd not heard before, and uh, I'd never heard that, and it's uh, marvelous, marvelous. Um, Six minute disco tune. I quite like. Uh, I almost of all the genres to do Christmas records. I think the disco it sits really awkwardly. So there's something I quite like about disco Christmas. Yeah, I'd records. never heard that one before. It's just the, something. The um, Universal yeah. Robot Band. That, that I think that their big hit is called "Barely, Bra- Barely Breaking Even." Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But I know. I, that. I, know yeah, yeah. I didn't know they oh, right. they delved into Christmas. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. It's, it seems almost like yeah, a Christmas Christmas records. Of course, there was obviously a point where they fell from favour. Je- the the oeuvre in which James works, obviously the Christmas song. It's seasonal. You're in the, the in the folk world. Of course, this records about winter and all. It's it's fucking hoaching with them. But um, I don't know. I I always thought Christmas records were naff. But the more I delve, the more I enjoy them. There's something about there seems something very human about a band going, no, let's do a Christmas record. I mean, what's that? Well, I found Easy E is a chap. It's from NWA. He he did it. It's something like it's motherfucking Christmas. I mean, <laughs> bless him. You know, uh, it probably um, was when he recorded it. Um, yeah. It's the sort of thing that we get a... Somebody will get in touch maybe once or twice a year and say, hey, James, do you want to do a Christmas song? And oh, I bet you, they oh, I bet they'd love you to do a Christmas song, wouldn't they? Oh, Domino would. But the thing is, yeah, there's zero guarantee it's going to do well, and there's a hundred. Oh no, absolutely, a hundred percent guarantee that if it doesn't go well, you're that guy who's got a duff Christmas track in his back catalogue. <laughs> Malcolm did very well because he got that "Merry Christmas, We're All Going to Die" or whatever it was, and he did yeah, very well yeah. out of that. So, but you know, the, the, yeah. there's there must be so many crappy christmas songs just and really what oh, you're really what you're really, saying is really are. really what you're saying is i played the game and i lost 
You know, that's it's it's just yeah. horrible. But the thing is, is uh, it's not so much you played the game you lost. It's just uh, it's it's why. And picking up from listening to all the various Christmas records, it's just everybody does one. Hmm. I don't think that is that what you're talking about there is that race for the Christmas number one. That's still something that's very much sort of in our collective memory and being three men of the age that we are. I think that we remember those years when, you know, that, that, that used to be a big deal to have the Christmas number yeah, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, I, I was involved in that very struggle one year on behalf of the band trying to uh, maintain that position. And the host moments. Uh, yes, the hubris moment when it didn't get to number one. In fact, and I've I've told this story before on the podcast. So it's um, but I, it's incredible, really. It, it seemed such a big deal at the time. You know, what what song was that? It was Caravan of Love, and what happened was was um, the House Martins wanted to go on top of the pops. They got to number one, and they wanted to go on top of the pops with their four mums. You haven't told this story. Um, I don't think you've told this story. No, I, I don't know the story. Do they wanted to go on top of the pops with their four mums, right? And um, the BBC do not allow non-contributing performers to be on the show. And the House Martins threw a hissy fit and said, then we're not going to do top of the pops. So the week that they were number one and would have had their glorious kind of celebratory moment of of celebrating, you know, getting to number one for what that was worth. They didn't do because um, the Beeb wouldn't let them have their mums on top of the Pops. I remember at the time thinking that was a bit of a shame and it would have been nice. I'd love to see Popstar's mums. But, um, yeah, they didn't do it. And so what happened was, was because they weren't on. So it's the week before the Christmas number one happened. So that top of the Pops, they were pipped to the post that year. Uh, by the re-release of Jackie Wilson's yes, from the advert with the uh, which plasticine had, uh, advert. which had an amusing plasticine video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, the the irony is, but on top of the pops, there, there was hundreds and hundreds of performers who had nothing to do with the records. There were just people well, miming Peel, and John John Peel playing for the Faces and legs and all manner of stuff. <laughs> I do I do remember there was a there was a marvelous moment when. Uh, the record company, in an effort to ensure that the House Martins attained their Christmas number one spot, uh, released a special um, House Martins. They called it something like the Christmas box set. And um, what it was, it was all of their singles in one up to that point. Yeah, yeah. In one box set, including Caravan of Love. So it was a box set of four seven-inch singles, right? And they thought they were very clever and this marketing device would tip them over the bar. But what happened was those four singles collectively, the time on all the tracks hmm. meant that the House Martins box set single Christmas box set entered the album charts. <laughs> <laughs> so the figures for that box set did not count towards the single. And it went into the album charts about number 83. <laughs> I, 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 I think I'm pleased. Because that somebody, somebody mm. didn't know the rules. And so, it, um, who, yeah. who could that have been, uh, Mr. Jupiter's? Was that you, perchance? I've, I'm not, wasn't me. <laughs> oh, Christ. I, like I had fucking anything to do with marketing. I don't know how to sell myself. <laughs> um, 
I'm quite pl- see. Then there's a thing about doing Christmas singles. Why put yourself into all that? I suppose if there's a chance that you might be number one, there's the thing. But yeah, I think it's. I think it's. That's why I was saying about it being human. I think it's just Stephen as a as a breed. Do you what do you think of Christmas songs as away from the fact of anything that they can do for the career, but the idea of a band that you know is not known for being in any way interactive with people suddenly wants to be in on Christmas. What do you think of that? As a, yeah, as a I thing? think the, the you you can only listen to them for two weeks of the year, and I like them for those two weeks. But if I was a band. Or do you know what? If I ran a record label, um, and I, I I have been sent quite a few Christmas songs, I've said no. I wouldn't. I don't think it's a good idea. Right. Well, I got, you see, there's I I I love that that the, the, I mean, there's some great Christmas albums. The James Brown Christmas album is absolutely magnificent. Elvis's mm-hmm. Christmas album is one of the best pop music albums ever made. Um. Um. The Nick Lowe Christmas album he did with Lost Straight Jackets, that kind of weird Mexican wrestler surf band <laughs> he works with. It's fantastic. But does anybody do them do good ones now? There haven't been any good ones for years. The last good Nick Lowe made that album about oh, three really? years ago. Yeah. <laughs> after Mistletoe and Wine. That's Cliff yeah, Well after Mistletoe and Wine, my friend. I thought that was Cliff Richard. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's using that as a because we always that's like it's a bit like before and after mistletoe and wine because mistletoe and wine very much is yeah. the benchmark. All right, I see for Christmas songs, you know. Um, okay, I'm going to play another song which is kind of Christmassy. This is a oh I forgot to say we've got a we've got a session coming up later on in the show a session from L Osborne, um, who's a great fiddle singer from Hull, but we're not going to play her now. I'm going to play a song by uh, Me for Queen who is a lady from King's Barns, which is where the village I'm from. And this is a Nico song, which is almost a Christmas song. And it's, it's not a Christmas Fairest. song. And it's called <laughs> Fairest of the Seasons. Well, you know, it says seasons in it. <laughs> no? I, I've i always thought of it as a Have Christmas you? Do song. you? I've always thought I've yeah. always thought of it as uh, an autumnal song, but I don't know if it's maybe just that was the the first time that I listened to the Nico album was in the autumn, and so I just associate it as being yeah. Like, there, there's a line there's a line in it which says, "And Christmas is the most beautiful day, and this is the most beautiful week, and soon it will be Hogmanay, and I'm going to drink too much and be sick," uh, which leads yeah. me to believe it is a Christmas a Christmas song. No. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, so I'm going to play this now, and then we'll see what. The I mean, if you can drink, if, if you can drink enough to become sick, I mean that's <laughs> an extraordinary amount of alcohol. If you completely realign your faith. Wow. <laughs> very good, very good. So here's me for Queen.
Now that it's time Now that the hour hand has landed at the end Now that it's real Now that the dreams have given all they had to lend I want to know Do I stay or do I go And maybe try another time And do I really have a hand in my forgetting Now that I've tried Now that I've finally found that this is not the way Now that I turn Now that I feel it's time to spend the night away I want to know Do I stay or do I go And maybe finally split the rhyme And do I really understand the undernetting? Yes, and the morning has me looking in your eyes and seeing mine Warning me to read the signs carefully Now that it's light Now that the candle's falling smaller in my mind Now that it's here Now that I'm almost not so very far behind I want to know Do I stay or do I go And maybe fall another side And do I really have a song that I can write on? Now that I can Now that it's easy, ever easy all around Now that I'm near Now that I'm falling to the sunlights and to song I want to know Do I stay or do I go And do I have to do just one And can I choose again if I should lose the reason Yes, and the morning has me looking in your eyes and seeing mine Warning me to read the signs carefully Now that I smile Now that I'm laughing even deeper inside Now that I see 
Now that I finally found the one thing I denied It's now I know Do I stay or do I go? And, and it's finally I decide That I'll be
Okay, tonight. that was quite good. So th- that was Derby, is that right, Stephen? Derby? Derby, close to you. Nice. This is what I, I think of this as being a Christmas song, but, but yeah. not in the UK. No, it, was, it, it reminded me of a sort of Sierra Leone sort of sound. Yeah. It was a good swing, and it's very cheesy, but yet expensive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the guitar, the sort of Hank Marvin guitar in it. <laughs> I mean, it does. It sounds like a Christmas party. If you went to a good Christmas party, you know, that wasn't like an ABBA. I don't know, people like ABBA. I, sh- I won't don't, say anything about don't, ABBA. Doesn't matter if people like ABBA. ABBA are not not acceptable. And not acceptable as what? But they're just and not, not acceptable not, as as what? Just uh, uh, in you general. Have to listen to it's not. You can't listen to ABBA. <laughs> Have you heard Have you heard of a band called Unpoc U N P O C? Yeah, and that doesn't sound anything like Abba. The lead singer of the band Unpoc is a guy called Tom Boshop, and he's furious with Abba and with the band, the Charlatans, and it's for both the same reason. He says that each of their albums has like one or two cracking songs, and the rest of it is really terrible. And he's angry with the Charlatans and with Abba because he's fallen in love with their main song so much that he's bought their albums over and over again. But then he, he keeps on d- remembering why he got rid of the albums in the first place. That they're not I don't know good. why people buy albums. I, I Honestly, I don't get it. Just buy singles. Everybody always releases the best single, the best song from their album as a single. Just buy the singles and then you don't need to waste your money on albums. I think some of the b- best musical moments in my life were discovering that there aren't just singles in the world and that people write other <sighs> songs. It was a bit of a revelation to me as a kid. What you mean? There's not just, it's not just A's and B sides. There's other things they think about. I listen as a as a sort of experiment. It's sort of by accident. I heard um, um, Eclipse or a cover version of Pink Floyd's Eclipse from Dark Side of the Moon. It was in a trailer to a film. Hans Zimmer has done a, a very odd lockdown choral version of um, the epic closing track to Dark Side of the Moon Eclipse. And um, it suddenly made me realise I can't have listened to Dark Side of the Moon in about 20 years, and so I've listened to it about three times this week. Is, is it good? Whilst working. Is it good? I th- it's extraordinary, really. I, t- I tell you what, is it sounds... OK, so sonically it sounds dated in the, the phrasing of the music and some of the sounds and the instrumentation and some of the themes but if if you remember what the odd thing is is you've got your memory your your emotional memory of an album and then what it's doing to you at that moment and the the two are sort of at loggerheads with each other but I I mean overall I I liked it but I I did there was a slight element of why did I think this was so brilliant what's can you name like the best known song from it Money, I suppose, is okay. Dum 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 um, dum dum dum. We've got a box that. at the um, front of the brewery where we put free records, records that I don't want to sell in the shop, um, and and there's a copy of that yeah. album in the free records at the moment. If anybody wants to come and take it away, yeah. is it? Is it's one of the? It must be one of the top ten biggest selling albums of all time. Yeah, probably. They? So, I mean, everybody had it when I was. I mean, obviously, I'm older than you two, a great deal older. And, but yeah, it was just one of those albums that everybody, yeah, every I, bugger, I, I've never had. heard it. It was generally speaking, people of my 
you know, exact pedigree, we're generally introduced to it by older siblings. Um, yeah, then, there, when I left school, there was um, one of my friends went to a posh school and his friends all had it. All his posh friends had it. So we heard it a few times and I always thought it was guff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm afraid to say. That's why that's why I was asking what the most famous song was to see if I'd uh, reevaluated. Yeah, I, I suppose the the interesting thing is is I read um oh who was that lovely man who produced Billy's album and he was a uh, he was involved with Pink Floyd in the early days and he he discovered Nick Drake. Um oh, the, come on, the White Bicycles guy yeah. Joe Boyd. Boyd? Yes, I'm, Joe Boyd. Look, Joe Boyd. Joe, when you read Joe Boyd's book about about kind of how important to kind of, I mean, youth rebellion. There's no two ways about it. The Pink Floyd were mm. in, in the oh, yeah, in yeah. the sixties, yeah, yeah, and the clubs that they were involved with yeah. in London and the scene and the people and everything. And it was, it was just the new. It was, it was, it was like, it was like punk. You know, it's it's funny at you... the time. I don't. I don't think at the time it was posh boys music back then. It was what the hippies were doing. No, no, I'm not talking about quite, not talking about the quite time. Quite inclusive, but I can see how you know when it as things moved on and they got a lot more kind of introspective and noodly. Then yeah, I can see how that became what it looked like. But you know, by the same token, you know the same people that listen to Pink Floyd listen to Velvet Underground and Bowie, and you know Sparks and Sensational Alex Harvey Band, and so you know. It's a broad church of influences that's being embraced. And the same kids that were into Pink Floyd were the first ones to switch over to punk when it happened, you know. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm just talking from my experience, which was I, I was very much into punk and the sort of harder edge stuff. And then when, when I tried to listen to Pink Floyd, I just thought it was, I thought it was awful. But having said that, yeah. I did try. And there were a couple of songs on... One of the albums I quite liked, but I can't remember the name of the album. It's the one which has got a pig floating in the middle of the sky. Animals. And there was a song on the beginning of side one and beginning of side two, which I think are just acoustic tracks with an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And, and yeah. they're just There's nice little ballads. Yeah. And I quite like those. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I'm trying to listen to more of is 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 the very early Pink Floyd. A mate of mine who used to be my tour manager, a chap called Lee Harris, is currently playing guitar for Nick Mason. Oh, right. uh, Nick Mason, uh, Pink Floyd's drummer, has got a band now called Sourceful of Secrets. Cause That's Nick, right, yeah, yeah. Nick is quite Such keen on playing the old stuff that Gilmore uh, and uh, Roger were never interested in going back through the old back catalogue and, and Nick always felt that they they kind of underserved the early stuff that they made with Sid. And so these kids that are massive Floyd fans, this guy Pratt and... Um, Gary Kemp from Spandau Ballet and Lee, and I can't remember who their keyboard player is. Um, and they, yeah, they are, um, they're going out now with Nick playing drums and uh, they're having a rare old time of it, you know, playing all the old Floyd stuff. They're having a fabulous time, yeah. But I'd love to, you know, it's, it's when you look at it within the context of the time it was made and you, you, you're more sort of studious about it. And the thing is, is now I'm, the age I am, I'm more interested in that sort of thing. Hmm. You know, the, the the origin of music and where it's from. I'm, you know, you know the the tyranny of. Oh, oh. hello. The only thing I was going to say to 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 um two things to say is, obviously when when one's of that age and say I was like seventeen, eighteen when I was first listening to Pink Floyd, 
Mm. I'd moved from being in the village where there's nothing into a city where there's loads. And there was so much great stuff going on that why follow the stuff I'm not interested in? And then the second thing about that was uh, the Beatles. Um, I I find, oh no, let's not even go into the Beatles. (laughs) But that's why I never really got into the. Are you going to start talking about your big love of Queen as well? Queen? I don't have a. I feel okay about Queen because they had an album which was silver. Do you remember that one which was silver? I think it might have been called The Game, and my brother had it. And I heard that when I was sort of 10, 11, 12, that sort of age. And I didn't think it was the worst thing in the world. In fact, I really liked Another One Bites the Dust. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to play a session from um, L. Osborne. L is a fiddle singer who has released a handful of very good albums. Her first one, Testimony, was the first one I heard. And uh, she's worth tracking down her her albums her music she's one of the few people around who are doing doing something which is um uh actually original you know a, lo- a lot of musicians they they go to the old traditional songs and they kind of do identikit versions and she she doesn't but uh, she does her own uh, take on them but having said all that uh, these songs here which i'm going to play all in one go because that's how i heard them and i thought they worked together really well all in one go. Um, These are all um, songs that uh, she wrote herself, um, which is great, obviously. And so they are, in order that I'm going to play them, um, Birds of the British Isles, which we have played on the podcast before, No Hoof, No Horse, and The Taming of the Shrewd. So here's three songs from L. Osborne. I have walked the county with a pony by my side I have met the weather, I have read the sky And I have taken in the air, and I have taken in the miles But I don't know all the birds of the British Isles Well I know many things, some that others don't know, I know. If you see a rook on its own, it's a crow. And I know the heft of heron and the light of blackbird calls. But I don't know all the birds of the British Isles. No, I don't know all the birds of the British Isles. And I can say many things, some that others wouldn't care to. I know what to say to people when they pick on you. And I've almost learnt to greet all the haters with loving smiles. But I haven't learnt my birds of the British Isles. I haven't learnt my birds of the British Isles.
Dream. 
Lord's Bond. What do you think, guys? There's um there's a lyric in Taming of the Shrewd, which I believe we just heard there. It just finished the the trio. Yeah. And I love. I mean, I remember. I, I actually think I was on the first time you played Birds of the British Isles. You could have been happy to be happy to be corrected, but I, it it rang a bell as soon as I heard it. But there's a there was a there's a the the chorus line in Taming of the Shrewd. I've got a heart and mouth and three chords and the truth, and I'm going to put them to good use. It's like it's like if fucking Joe Strummer wrote songs about wrens. <laughs> it's just you know, there's something just brilliant about it. About just there's a, a just a, a real lo-fi charm, and I love the way she uses strings. Love the way is is it a little is it a wee band she's got? Does she play everything herself? She plays. I, th- I think those are all solo. I've seen her play solo. I've seen her play with a cellist, and then she she's done albums with people like Ali Roberts and um, uh, who's the guy who plays drums for Ali the whole time, Stephen? Alex Nielsen. Alex Nielsen. Yeah, she's done albums with those guys. But being me, I always prefer things that are solo. Uh, so that's what. Whenever she's done shows with me. She's always just been solo fiddle singing, which is something I absolutely love. But I love her voice, you know. I, I, I love it. It's yeah. just coming from a different place from, um, as I said, yeah. a lot of what people are doing in the tradition at the moment. It is a totally solo record that there's nobody else on it. It's just her. Oh, is it? I know Testimony is. But anyway, actually, I could be wrong. Testimony, I think, has got somebody playing guitar on a couple of pieces. Now, another hit single. I'm rushing through them here. This is uh, a song from my next album. Next album's called Wide Wide River, and this is a song called Ella Mary Leather. Here it is now. Ella Mary Leather, I have spent my life like some classical shepherd. I have now worked, have sat and dozed in the sun and composed. Ella Mary Leather, I regret ya But only on certain days of the year Only on certain days of the year And this is where that beggar, he attacked ya You wanted me to come back here By pouring you vodka after vodka and cured us, Judas. My sobriety went right out the window. And yours and mine are planned to change thereafter. And Ella Mary Leather, do you believe your elders? Do you believe your elders? Do you believe your the bakery aisle we performed a closed as manoeuvre thou shalt not touch and I wish you well but it's best not to talk of the old ways on certain days of the year we both would struggle to dance anymore 
And I bring our memory home And I write how I write Oh, Ella Mary Leather Ella Mary Leather Ella Mary Leather Now Do you believe your elders? Do you believe your elders? Do you believe your elders now? Ella Mary Leather, I have spent my life like some classical shepherd. I have not worked, I've sat and dozed in the sun and composed. Ella Mary Leather, I regret ya. But only on certain days of the year Only on certain days of the year Ella Mary Leather, I regret ya Pam, some pop music for you guys. Okay, should we play something Christmassy? James, did uh, you know you recently, well... Today we found out that you are one third of um, the Guardian's funk album of the year. Did yeah, did you yeah, win anything yeah. for it? Did they give you anything? Did you get? Did you get a? I'll tell you what um, I won. I'll tell you what I won from it. I won a huge smile for my father. Really? He was absolutely over the moon. Ah, <laughs> great! To a level that I can't really explain. He he was um. Yeah. It was incredible, really. Because I mean, I was pleased, obviously. It's funny, because somebody asked me on Twitter the other day, are you not bothered that you weren't entered into the Say Awards? And I replied saying something like, no, I'm not worried about awards. Who who wants to, you know, who cares about awards? But then, of course, as soon as I get a sniff of anything, <laughs> I'm like, yay! <laughs> so, yeah, the Yosenthal Khan album got number one folk album of the year in the guardian which was amazing you know because we don't we don't make music to to be the top of the charts at all you know and the ytk records are pretty weird you know so uh it was a it was, but it was amazing to get and my dad was over the moon so it, it was worth it it was worth it but it did make me worry you know oh, well, uh, Stephen and i are both staunch unroyalists and quite often we talk about MBEs and stuff and how we'd never take one. It did make me worry that all of a sudden if I ordered one, if I got offered one, I'd suddenly turn into one of these guys who's like, yeah, yeah, I'm MBE, yes. yeah, yeah, no, it's for the people who went before me. Do you know, do you, do you actually, do you know, are you not one of these? No, you're all right. Would you not? You absolutely wouldn't. Look at you. I wouldn't take There's one. No way. This is what I'm saying. I would. There's I, no <laughs> way you'd take one. Well, I would hope I wouldn't. But what there is no way you take one. What I'm saying is the 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 way that I collapsed so easily from saying no, I don't I don't care about awards, man. I'm totally cool. I know. You, I think you were happy because your dad. I think you were happy because your dad was happy, yeah, and you're yeah. happy for the for the chaps. Yeah, yeah. And it means more sales, and it means more people listening to the music. So the thing is about an award is you can still not give a fuck about awards, but they can have a positive impact on you and your work. Yeah, yeah, and you don't have to like them, and you don't have to play their game, and, and you don't have to be a, by the same token. You don't have to be a prick about it, and not say, "Oh, thanks very much to whoever it is who you know." 
who got you in that position, you know, who mm. put you up for it, I think. And it's fucking deserved as well. That's an amazing album, man. Well, thank really, you. really good album. Thank you very much, you know. Phil. That's, that's so well done, did, well done. Hats Did you sell off. any records off the back and of it? Can I just ask? Did, Say again? Did you oh, sell yeah. any records off the back of it? Do you know if the ends come coming? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we sold quite a few, a few through Bandcamp and the website, but I don't know what happened with uh, Domino. And also, I don't know what happened with uh, um, digital copies on mm. Bandcamp because they, they go straight to Domino, so I don't even get I don't even get told. But yeah, I mean, we sold, I don't know, maybe five or six, you know? Physical copies, yeah. you know? No, that's good. That's something... Do you remember? Do you remember Trassic Tusk getting a label of love this week on Gideon Co. And we. That's right. You were you were label of love on Gideon Co. on BBC Six Music, and they played Karen Les, they played Morgan Liebes, they played David A. Jaycock. All these three great pieces of music, yeah. and they played something from one of your compilations. Two things from two, or two, two tracks. tracks from. And uh, all, so, what did you do from all, all that? All that. Off the of, back of that, we sold one Karen Les seven inch. Brilliant. which is pretty good, £12 in the coffers, and then we didn't quite cover that because the postage was a bit too high. And we <laughs> you know what that means? You know what that means? You know what that means? What does that mean? Is that every single fucking person who buys your records, right, mm-hmm. apart from one, listens to Gideon Cole already? <laughs> yes. Okay. So all of your most loyal supporters and advocates listen to Gideon Cole already and we're like yes Stephen <laughs> they don't need to buy the stuff because they yeah. fucking already had it that's probably what happened shall we play some more Christmas songs yeah let's um, I, I like this because um, I was by an old friend uh, this is Howlin' Wolf and uh, oh well you'll hear what it is <laughs> I want you to bugger, bugger me, buddy, my buddy, bugger me, buddy, Christmas, to let me know you care. I want you to nail, 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 nail my flange to the ceiling. you to rattle, rattle me back, rattle me back, rattle me back, son, never, oh, never let them go, I want you to bugger, bugger me, bugger me, bugger me,
want you to rattle, rattle me knackers, rattle me knackers, rattle me knackers. For we'll some and never, 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 never let them go. I want you to bug, bug me, bug my bug, bug me, bug for Christmas under the mistletoe. Under the mistletoe. Merry Christmas, baby. Is this a filthy song, perchance, Phil? What? I, I, I don't think it's not. It's not filthy. I think it's cheeky. But what it is is, it sounds that it's 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 just. I just absolutely love. I love it. I always. The thing is, is whenever Christmas comes around, I always forget that this song exists. And whenever I listen to it, I sit there with a glorious smile on my face. Just my favourite bit is the kind of ink spot style spoken middle eight halfway through it, um, which is. <laughs> which is my favourite moment. I believe, but cannot confirm, that um, Morrissey guitarist Boz Bora was involved in the making of this particular track. But it might just be Wilf who is, playing everything. Who is Howling Wilf? Um, he was a very multi-talented instrumental. He's, uh, Howling Wilf um, is, um, is, is, is a plasterer who's got a lovely voice and really knows his way around a guitar. Um, I used to I used to support Howling Wolf in the VJs back in yeah. the 1980s. I remember so, him yeah. from the John Peel days, though I can't quite remember how I remember him. He's got a, there's a great um, thank um, our good friends at Ace Records re-released um, the Howling Wolf debut album Cry Wolf, which is absolutely brilliant. I can't uh, recommend it highly enough to people out there that love real old school R and B. I always remember Wolf's guitarist Dot was. Just, she was one of the best guitar players I ever saw playing live and she looked great the whole band was just fabulous to watch just really really good they must Amazing. have they must have had a song that I remember because I remember them quite clearly but I can't remember why it is I remember them maybe I had recorded them on the tube or something like that and it was could you be know, could be that sort of thing could be and what are you going to play Stephen oh let me oh. see um oh Ladies and gentlemen, the the most recent record that I bought. Play the Tim Harding. Oh, okay. I like that. The Tim Harding one. <laughs> <laughs> You've taken my heart 
take my heart without going away. I know you knew from the start you were the only woman I ever really wanted to stay. So I really, I like, I'm a massive fan of Tim Harden, and um, yeah, this album, I had, uh, I think I'd, I'd really wanted to like it, and then I thought actually it's not very good, and I discarded it, and I had it in the to listen to before I put it out for sale in the shop pile, and I put it on, and this this is the first song on the first side, and I thought oh, I, I can't possibly sell this but then a lot of the album is a lot of that kind of you know spoken word stuff that you two like and uh, then there's a lot of kind of um, extended guitar solos that I know that you particularly like or sorry that you you and YTK 
that you like a lot of that kind of stuff, James. But I don't know if there's any guitar solos in YTK. Right? <laughs> so Tim Harden was the guy who did. Uh, he wrote Black Sheep Boy. Is that right? He did all the songs that Scott Walker ruined. Yeah. Two of the two of the songs that Scott yeah. Walker covered. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the sort of worst two on his <laughs> thing. But you're a fan of his in general, is yeah, that right? Yeah, I think he's just one of the greatest songwriters has ever been and unheralded but you don't like this album what's wrong with this album no the the album has two good songs on it okay like that Pink Floyd song that Pink Floyd album yeah pretty much okay cool are you a fan of Tim Harden Phil I I, I don't really know him well enough love but I enjoyed this as I listened to it and so um, and I I got um, both barrels of the anecdote you just heard in a much longer form um, right in my face at um, Stephen's Brewery the other day. So um, <laughs> I was just doing. And let me t- let me tell you, it does not improve on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing a long interview for this. I'll tell you something. You know this new record I've got coming out. It's going down quite well in foreign land. And I've had inter- I've had interviews in any particular foreign land. Yes, in Sweden, Italy, France, and America. What I quite like, James, yeah. is that you have finally broken overseas when they've shut down all the ports. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally shut the country down. Yeah. Finally, Yorkston breaks big, and now we are literally like the. It's like we're like the fucking island of Doctor Moreau, just like <laughs> feral animal people eating each other's faces. Uh, yeah, but you know, <laughs> somebody's got to be number one. Somebody's got to soundtrack that. You know, why not? The <laughs> <laughs> Why not the miserable oh, so, fifa? But so you 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 are doing well overseas. Hats off, sir. Good. Well, what I can't say I'm doing well. What I can say is that um, the big magazines that usually get in touch maybe once every ten years or something. You know, the equivalent of the Rolling Stones, Rolling Stone, that sort of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Three of them have been in touch um, for this term already for this record. Mm. So people seem yeah. to be buying into it. Anyway, the point being, the guy was asking me about. Joni Mitchell and saying right. my stuff reminds him of Joni Mitchell and I thought that can't be right but he told me a song of hers called Coyote oh yes yes so uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I went and listened to that and I thought I thought it was brilliant I thought it was a really good song but then the YouTube kept running on and all the others that came after it I wasn't such a fan of but that was kind of the Tim Harden story is kind of yeah, related that to that. album, um, Hegira mm. or Hegira, is in our uh, in the li- listening box in the shop. Um, so it's funny, actually. I, I, and is that the name of her yeah, album? Yeah, and Coyote is the, is the only it's the only Joni Mitchell track that sounds like a James Johnson track. Right. Okay. Oh well, that's good because I I asked my wife if she was enjoying. The music and she said no who's this i said it's Joni mitchell and she said no i'm not really a fan of Joni mitchell but i tell you what she can sing she's incredible she, she mm. incredible voice yeah, and yeah. i and i like lyrically i thought she was great as well it was just a i don't know i quite like the coyote songs the stuff that came after it i wasn't quite so into but some great bass playing going on there a guy called jaco pastorius mm-hmm. you know him yeah 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 john john thorne Norm, norman him. norman what roy would just never stop talking about Jacko. Um, Norman Watroy, the Blockheads bass player. That's the same with John he's, Thorne. He's the ba- he, he is. He's the bass player's bass player, hmm. Pistorius. He's just that 
you know. Was Pistorius mm-hmm. in Weather Report? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you a fan of his playing, Stephen? Uh, yeah, but um, I'm a huge Johnny Mitchell fan, so... Uh, um, oh, yeah, are yeah, you? Yes, yes. Is that why you've never played her on this podcast or mentioned her to me in, in any any communication we've ever had? Well... I guess I don't play the player on the podcast because I think it's probably too obvious. Yeah, fair enough. Like fair I don't enough. play Neil Young, and I I love Neil Young, and I have at least twenty albums by Neil Young sitting right beside me. Okay, should I, should I come round your houses with a bottle of Queen King and a compass, and should I just carve on your bald fucking heads? Cool is tyranny. <laughs> You pair of twats. What? Well, I'm not trying to be cool. What's not trying to be cool? Yeah. I'm talking to him, oh, not right. so much okay. you, but you need a fucking word. <laughs> but this one here, down the bottom of the screen there, for fuck's sake. No, well, it's. Uh, What's wrong with playing Neil? Play some Neil Young, you prick. I'll tell you what, next time you're only allowed to pay things people my mum will have heard of. There you go. That's your No, Stephen, show. Stephen loves Neil Young. Thing, I, this is the thing. I'm happy to. I could do an entire. Entire podcast of of Neil Young songs, quite happily. But the reason there'd I, be nothing wrong I with that. I just think it's too obvious for people. Well, we, it's too obvious for people. The reason I've never explored Neil Young is everything I hear of his, I think, is amazing. And I'm waiting until I'm old enough that I can sit down and explore it properly. And that's true. I think he sounds great. Whenever I see him on the telly, whenever I see. Uh, documentaries about him or anything I just think this guy sounds incredible I love the sound of his mm. voice and uh, just mm. everything that goes along with it I, I think sounds very good actually I'll tell you another I thing I just bought a, I bought a collection of um, records from somebody locally who was selling lots of old kind of classic rock records I can't say it properly rock records mm. um, and so there's quite a lot of new Young in the collection so there's quite a lot of new Young LPs in the shop right now as well Marvellous. Okay. Well, get to the shop. I think we should play one last round of songs and then wrap up the podcast, guys. What do you think? That sounds absolutely delightful idea. I've got two to choose from. Okay. What are you, what are we, what are you going to go for? I tell you what. I'm going to go for that short Arlo Guthrie number because I'd never heard of it, and I thought it was I thought it was really nice. Uh, so this is Arlo Guthrie's Christmas song. Even though I'd love to play the Sure Fine Singers, the Sure. In fact, no, fuck it. Arlo Guthrie. Everyone knows Arlo Guthrie. And let me just tell you, he's a lot more than Alice's Restaurant. So um, do check out um, the Pause of Mr. Claus by Arlo Guthrie. But I want to play the Sure Fine Singers, and uh, this is a cut called Silent Night, Eleven O'clock News, which I'd not heard before. And to me, it's it's it sounds more like sonic art than. Than a than a record. It's is this with with them it. singing Silent Night it's, um, and then collaging. somebody speaking through it as well? It's basically it's basically they're singing Silent Night while they're playing a horrible news report right. over the top of it. So it reminded me a lot of the Evolution Control Committee. I really like that. Yeah.
Squad News Report from London. Remember, the singing group said today their group was more popular than Jesus Christ. From Chicago today, Richard Speck was bound over for trial for the last murder of nine nurses. And news comes from Mississippi today. The small Mississippi town, two because they wanted to attend school. In Saigon, the fighting continues heavy in Vietnam. American headquarters in Saigon announces today that there were 93 Americans killed in combat last week. This bringing the total of American soldiers killed in Vietnam to over 5,000. From the nation's capital, a spokesman for the Pentagon says the U.S. may have to send up to 2 million troops to Vietnam in order to end the war within five years. He also stated the war could drag on for 20 years unless troop commitments are raised. From Austin, Texas, this tragic news. Today, an honor student at the University of Texas barricaded himself in the University of Texas Tower and shot to death 17 persons. Dr. Martin Luther King said today that even if gubernatorial candidate Lester Maddox won the election, he would in no way slow down the civil rights movement. From Cambridge, Massachusetts, Georgia Congressman Charles Wilson says he foresees dark days of segregationist Lester Maddox becomes governor. From Mesa, Arizona, high school student Benjamin Smith, age 18, took the life of Snow Women, a three and a half year old child, one of the most vicious slaves committed by a teenager. This closing comment in the news tonight. At this time of the year, when peace and goodwill should abound upon the face of the earth, we find ourselves involved in an almost endless struggle for existence. Nation against nation, race against race, man against man. Is it impossible for man to live and work together in peace? If this be true, people will find it harder and harder to have a Merry Christmas. This is the 11 o'clock report. Good night and Merry Christmas.
was the Flying Stars of Brooklyn from Stephen. It was a crackly bit of soul, beautiful, lovely, soft song with great harmonies. Who's the lead vocalist, Stephen? Aaron Fraser. Lovely falsetto. And as a song, it's lovely and nice and short. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why you really don't play Neil Young? Because they're just long. Oh, actually, so do you know, it's funny that you... It's funny that we should be talking about New York because I um, very recently um, started thinking about uh, if I was to do an, a New Young, New Young special, what songs there would be. It's what we all want. Anyway, so one of the songs would be the version of Journey Through the Past from the Live at the Massey Hall 1971 album, where he he, he goes back to Canada, and it's before Harvest has come out, and he just plays them, like, just playing some new songs. I'm just going to play some new songs, and it's all, like, Heart of Gold and all the Harvest songs, and no, and nobody's Whoa. ever heard the songs before, and so you're listening to him having written them a few days before, and it's like, oh, I bought a ranch, and I've written this song, Old Man, and uh, it's just the, the concert's incredible. And he's he's really nice and sweet, isn't it? That's but that's not just a cop. That's like a moment in history. What's what, the way that you speak about that? That is, you know, the way you contextualise that. I'm like, I have to listen to this. I've got a fucking. Uh, uh, and I'm not even that bothered about oh, it. This is incredible. Come on, I'd love to hear. Come that. on, Phil, grow up. Stop being so cool. <laughs> Everyone likes Neil Young. I will fucking end I'm going to come around to your house. It's a shame. I'm going to come around to your house. You're an award winner now. You're an award winner now, and it'd be a shame. Still, at least we know this time you get an obituary, so that'd be nice. <laughs> carving knife. Cool is a fool, or whatever it was. <laughs> cool is tyranny, you cool. prats. <laughs> oh, Christmas has really got me. I tell you, we've got to stop this me working late at night. <laughs> Yeah, no, this has run on too late. Not good for me. I Um, I had a fucking headache when this podcast started and it's not got any quieter. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm going to say thank you. I'm going to say say thank you. I'm going to say thank you to the people who've who've listened to this far and to the people who support the podcast and uh, to Stephen and Phil for coming on the podcast and being very cool and giving me something to look forward to during the lockdown oh it's been mad what a mad year and everybody come on things are now there's another another six months of fuckwittery still to go oh six months my fucking whole years um it's i i'd like to apologize to everybody for my cursing and my uh playing obvious music but that's just you didn't play any obvious music man don't worry about it i play all the obvious music so um i nearly played sug singing jingle bells (laughs) so um (laughs) that that would be so um jupiter's track sugs wouldn't it though wouldn't it that absolutely absolutely mean to a fucking i was waiting on uh Um, I can, can I, gentlemen, all of the best new music I heard this year was selected by you two. I'd like to thank you for introducing me to some fabulous new music uh, through the occasions I've guested on uh, this podcast. So uh, I'd like to thank you, and I hope you and yours have a lovely time. Oh, thank he's you so much. Sweet, it's your, your turn to say something slushy, Stephen. Um, oh, I tell you what, you know that fairy tale of New York song? Yeah. That made me cry in the car yesterday. Oh dear! It's a nice, it's it's a good song. Yep. Obviously. 
Are you are you all right? Yeah. Is this is this where we reach no, out? No, no, I've just, I just, I was just, I was. James wanted me to say something slushy, so it was, just, I, it was true. I went in to, I went into Stevens Brewery. We'll close on this thought. I went to Stevens Brewery the other day, and he was waxing rum bottles. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. He was just standing there, and he looked so happy. He had his rum bottles, and he was just waxing the 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 caps. So they were shut. He's waxing his rum bottles. I've never seen a man look so content. He looked like a little elf <laughs> waxing the rum for Santa. And, just, and he had yellow wax on. He had a yellow wax drum and he had a turquoise wax drum. <laughs> and there he was. The clock news. Little Stephen Marshall. Stephen had bottles of rum in his distillery. Stephen was putting wax on the lids. Stephen shed a small tear that day, thinking of all the people that would come to his brewery buying his waxy rum bottles. Maybe they'd buy a <laughs> Japanese techno album. <laughs> nice one. All right, nice. N- good to see you, bro. Take Happy care. Christmas, Happy everybody. Christmas, everyone. Hello to my brother, John. Bye. All the best. Bye now. Bye. Merry Christmas.